All right, I'd like to welcome everyone uh, to our City Builders Church service online this morning, to our own church community, to the people uh, in our city and our region, to our neighbours, our friends and our family, and even to those who may be tuning in from further away, we welcome you. To those who have been visiting us over the last few weeks, and especially to those who are visiting us for the very first time this morning, we welcome you in Jesus' name. Would you like to join me in prayer? Holy Spirit, we pray that you would be with us and we welcome you into our homes this morning. Your word says that wherever there are two or more gathered in my name, there am I in your midst. This is Matthew chapter 18, verse 20. And I just want to assure each listener this morning that God is if you just invite him, he will be in your lounge room this morning. Father, I pray today that hearts and minds would be open to you, that even for the very first time, people that are watching might really meet you and have a personal revelation of who you really are. Jesus, I pray that people would experience physical, mental and emotional healing as they watch this this morning. Above all, today I pray for a very special impartation of the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Right into your life in Jesus' mighty name. In introduction this morning, I want to say this, that since the lockdown began, I've been talking about the importance of, number one, understanding the times and the seasons, this comes from an Old Testament verse, 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. It talks about the sons of Isaac, and it said that they understood the times and they knew what to do. They were one of the tribes that had an unusual grace or ability, and they were anointed by God for a special purpose, as is uh, some people in churches these days. But this is Old Testament. In the New Testament, we see uh, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And the apostle talks about the importance of this in uh, Ephesians chapter 1. The importance of having the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and the importance of having the eyes of your understanding opened. Of course, the New Testament equivalent is far, far better. In the Old Testament, God worked from the outside in. So the sons of Isaac were observing, uh, you know, in many ways through, through the feasts and through the historical books and even through observing uh, in astrology, you know, what the times and seasons were. But in the New Testament, we live under a far, far more powerful spiritual dynamic where the Spirit of God now dwells on the inside of us. And this spirit of wisdom, revelation and knowledge is a dimension that is given to God by some, to some rather. But we can all have it if we seek it out. The Apostle Paul knew how critically important it was for ordinary believers to tap this dimension. He said, I pray that you would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and that the eyes of your understanding would be enlightened so that you would know what is the hope of his calling. It's very important. 
And when people are begin able to tap this dimension of God's spirit, it begins to move them from ordinary to being extraordinary. Now, the entry point to the kingdom of God is being a child of God and an ordinary believer. But the potential is massive. And, you know, if we begin to really tap the dimensions of God's spirit, particularly in this case, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, then we can really move into a different uh, dimension of relationship with God, a different dynamic and a different experience. Thirdly, this is the vital prophetic dimension that must be found in the church that not only will help us to understand and manage the times that we are in, but it'll also help us to see what needs to be done in the future. It is absolutely vital for us to know what our calling is because God has called every individual in a unique and specific way, and that is your calling. But together corporately, God has also called us corporately in a specific way. And it's really important to know it because then we can work with God to fulfill our calling. And it also talks in Ephesians 1 verse 19 about what is the exceeding greatness of his power that is working toward us who believe. So if you believe this morning, it is like God in heaven is working toward you. He is, he is pouring his spirit towards you. And he is, he, his exceeding great power is doing something in you that is bringing you from just being an ordinary believer to an extraordinary believer. And last week, if you listen to the message, I, I, uh, I associated this with the verse in Daniel 11.32 that says that those that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. And this is what God's called us all to do. And uh, fourthly, this dimension of God's spirit, it comes through, number one, it comes through calling. Number two, it comes through pursuing. And it also comes through impartation. In other words, one person can carry a dimension of the spirit of God and they can impart it to another. In Romans chapter 1, verse 11, Paul said, I long to be with you so that I could impart some spiritual gift to you. Do you know that God's put spiritual gifts or made spiritual gifts available in the church? And one of the ways that we can access those gifts, receive those gifts and begin to activate them is by having someone who can impart into our life and someone who can mentor us and guide us. It's just really great how the kingdom of God works. So at Passover this year, the church entered into a new season. And uh, for our church here, it's been such an incredible uh, expectation that many of us have experienced as we've you know, gathered together in our homes to reflect on what Passover really means and how that connects with what we are doing now. And it is like a new prophetic cycle has begun. Now, you may not know what I mean by this, but in the Old Testament, you can observe prophetic cycles. How God started something and then he leaves man in control and man being man always brings it to a certain point where God has got to intervene again. And this is what a prophetic cycle is. 
So let me just give you a couple of points about prophetic cycles. Number one, it is a kairos time and it is a time that is set beforehand by God. In other words, at the set time, God sent forth his son Jesus. And at the set time, God will intervene in the nations again. So God is not in crisis, the nations are. And we know this because the healthcare systems are in crisis, the governments, the politicians, the economic systems are all in crisis, but God is still in control. He did not start this, but he is in control. So what I'm saying is that at the beginning of every new prophetic cycle, there is a kairos time. And for many of us, we felt it coming. We couldn't say this is what is going to happen, but you knew because of the current moral and spiritual trajectory of the nations and the self-interest of man and governments that God has had to intervene, and this is what he's done. Number two, God always determines a place. In other words, before God moves, he picks a place. And it is, he is before the foundations of the earth determined what he's going to do in sale. He knew that we would be in this building. He knew that I would be here. He called me to be here. He knew that you would be here because God determines the place. And Bethlehem was the place that God predetermined that Jesus would be born. And the prophets pointed to it and prophesied that is the place where Jesus would be born. In Genesis 28, we, talk, we see strategic places where Jacob was on the road to Iran in Genesis chapter 28, verse 11, and he slept there. And there was nothing much there. It was a road to nowhere, basically. But Jacob laid down and slept, and the Bible talks about how the heavens were opened over him. And he communicated with God. He saw angels ascending and descending. Now, we know at this stage of his life that Jacob was off target. He was, you know, he'd become, he, he'd become lost spiritually. But God was beginning to arrest him and beginning to bring him back. It was the beginning of a prophetic cycle. But the interesting place is in this dream. Jacob wakes up and he says, Wow, this is an awesome place. This is none other than the house of God. So God had he'd had a supernatural encounter there. So God determines the place. Next thing, God determines the people. And, and uh, you know, God calls people. You know, uh, God has called me here. And he's called you here. And, and we have a job to do. But to do it well, we need to be able to pick up his voice. We need to be able to align our lives with his commands. And, uh, you know, and to, it's like God is there and his word is coming down and we can come right in under here and align ourselves with him. And once you've experienced this, you never, ever, ever want anything else because you know that this is the best place to be. So God determines his people. Uh, I know I've mentioned this over the last couple of weeks, but it still just blows my mind that 34 years ago, Lynn and myself drove into the city and we had a cup of coffee here just across the road at March's Deli. And the Lord showed me that one day, and I said to my wife, one day there's going to be a church in there. And here we are 34 years later. It's sort of like an incredible confirmation that I am in the right place, that I'm called by God. And so are you. So it's just amazing. 
but it's all in his timing. So God determines the people. And uh, we see this in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli. And the word of the Lord was rare in those days. And there was no widespread revelation. This is 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. Now let me tell you, God is always talking. He's always speaking. But people are not always listening. You know, for all the noise that's going on around us, you know, you can stop hearing God and you can be listening to other things. But here, this young boy, there's something in his heart that begins to align with God in heaven and he begins to hear the call of God coming on his life. At first, he thinks it's Eli and he says, Eli, did you call my name? But Eli says, no, it's the Lord. And we see in verse 10, the next time that the Lord calls, Samuel answered and he said, speak for your servant hears. Do you know what? This encounter was the beginning of a new prophetic cycle which was to usher in uh, David as the king of the nation. Incredible. Number four, the response that we make in times like this, in our territory, will have eternal outcomes. So 1 Samuel 3 verse 19 talks about how Samuel grew and the Lord was with him. In other words, as he grew, Samuel continued to communicate with God, to con continue to grow in his relationship with the Lord, and his future began to unfold. But not only his own future, God was doing something in the nation because that nation was going through crisis, but God had a plan. It says none of his words fell to the ground. Imagine God raising up a leader in our generation who was so in touch with God that when he spoke, none of his words would fall to the ground. Imagine if we had politicians like that. Wouldn't that be good? You know, politicians' promises last till the next election. And that's the problem we have in, with the leadership in our nation now. As we read on through the book of Samuel, we understand that all Israel began to hear that Samuel had been established as a prophet by the Lord. And, the, and during his life, in 1 Samuel 7 verse 13, it says that the Philistines could not enter into the land all the days of Samuel. Now, wouldn't it be wonderful to have leaders like Samuel? You know, we thank God we've got a Christian prime minister. But wouldn't it be good to have, you know... Uh, the house full of people who led like Samuel, who were tuned in to the God of heaven and who knew what was best for the land and knew, uh, you know, what needed to happen in the future and knew who was called by God and who wasn't. So, so uh, you know, this is the time of Samuel. And Samuel was chosen for a very special purpose because the high point of Samuel's ministry is in 1 Samuel 16 where the Lord spoke to Samuel and sent him to Jesse's house during the reign of Saul because they were going through a time of failed leadership, self-interest in leadership, government failure, and God is wanting to do something new. He's wanting to start something new. So he sends Samuel to the house of Jesse. 
And this is incredible because all the brothers go past. I know what it's like to have big brothers. can be a pain in the neck. But all the brothers went past and Samuel says there must be another one. Oh, it's just a little brother and he's down in the field and his name's David. Go and bring him. And he was the one that God had chosen. So see, it was the prophetic dimension on the inside of Samuel that knew David was the one called by God. And God began to activate and move from that day in David's life. And of course, David ascended to the throne. And this is a time of incredible national uh, you know, revival and rebuilding. So right across the, the earth, we have these Samuel-type leaders. They're governmental leaders. And they are prophetic leaders. And they lead with the heart of God. They are shepherds after the heart of God. My advice for everyone these days, during this crisis and following this crisis, is find one of these Samuel-type leaders. These are like God's emerging apostolic shepherds that are going to bring the church and bring the people of God back to where they should be. There is going to be, following this lockdown, there's going to be a time of national revival and national reformation. God's going to do something in the land. In Jeremiah 3.15, it talks about these shepherds. And, uh, you know, God said there, I'm going to give you shepherds according to my own hearts who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. These are the times of leaders you need. So the Apostle Paul was a true shepherd of this calibre who fed the church in Ephesus with revelation and knowledge. And, you know, I aspire to be a leader like Paul that would feed this church and everyone that I'm connected with with revelation and knowledge. Not only information, not only how-tos, not only best practice, but with revelation, wisdom and knowledge. It is not so much traditional pastoral figures that we need to, uh, to emphasise now, but these emerging apostolic shepherds who have become true prophetic fathers that are needed to bring the church into a destiny. Please don't be offended by what you don't understand. The seasons are changing and so must the church. Change is here to stay. When we see the emerging of these true shepherds, we will see the acceleration of the maturing of the saints that connect. So once again, I want to welcome you to this incredible new season in God that began at Passover. The season from Passover to Pentecost and to the Feast of uh, tabernacles and the month after could be the beginning of the most powerful times in your life this is a period of around 200 days that we've been talking about so we're an incredible season in God it's amazing and I want to give you a couple of features of this season number one the grace to overcome I've mentioned this before but I want to major on it during this time, you will find the grace to overcome. Never say that you cannot, 
because you are entering the days where you can and you will. Your future victories will come out of your relationship with him. Relationship with him is high priority. Use the time of lockdown, your time at home to find God in a new way. What you couldn't overcome, you will. I know that in our church we've had some people overcome dreadful things, drug addiction, other addictions. We've had marriages that have fallen apart, put back together again. We've got had things happen here, many of them, that you just know that it couldn't have happened unless it was God. But during this time ahead, we are going to see much, much more. I'll tell you why. There's a very broken city that we're part of. A very broken community. Domestic violence is high. Drug abuse is high. Uh, addictions are high. Fatherlessness is high. God is going to turn things around. And a hurting church cannot heal a broken world. God is going to give you the grace to overcome. Set your heart on it. Don't ever say, I can't beat this. Be a person who says, God will get me through this. You know, the Apostle Paul learned this. You know, he learned this and he said, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. Do you know what? I believe this church is going to be a church of answered prayer. And it's going to be a church of incredible entrepreneurial pursuit because God is doing something in the house. And, you know, never say you can't. Right now, the whole of the economic world is changing and there are opportunities available for you and me. So don't say you can't. Say you can. Say I will. Say with God's grace, I can do this. And I believe right now the grace to overcome. I believe there is the grace to overcome mental illness and the grace to overcome depression, the grace to overcome fear, even bad habits. God is making the grace available for you to overcome. So the grace to overcome is there. The grace to overcome. The disciple Peter, he said, even if I have to die, I'll never deny you. This is Matthew chapter 26. But something powerful and transformational happened to him. And it was following the day of Pentecost where he encountered the risen Christ in a new way. This can happen to you. This is the key to overcoming. Because prior to that, Paul, sorry, Peter was up, he was down, he was in, he was out. But the man who stood up on the day of Pentecost and spoke to the thousands present was a man of stature. God had done something. This was the transformational power of the Holy Spirit. So number one, during this season, God is going to make available to the church the grace to overcome. Number two, his people will become empowered at Pentecost. We've just been through the Passover season. And in the next 35 days, we will approach the Feast of Pentecost. The church globally is in the process of rediscovering not over, only uh, Passover, but it is going to rediscover Pentecost. There will be something very, very special about this coming Feast of Pentecost. Get ready for a new move. Earlier, before all this started, I spoke prophetically that there was going to be an unprecedented move. 
I believe we'll see the beginning of it around Pentecost this year. So first though, and I'll talk about it over the next few weeks, I want to talk about understanding the purpose and the power of Pentecost because you've got to understand the purpose, not just have the experience. You know, there's a lot of funny Christians around. You know, and it's all about the experience and it's kind of weird. But God hasn't called us to be like that. God has empowered us so that we can be witnesses in the world, so that we can be real, powered up Christians. And this is what the day of Pentecost is all about. So it's, it's a lot more about what is the purpose that God has given us the power on the day of Pentecost. We will be given access like the ones in the upper room. You know, it was amazing because everyone on the outside of the upper room, when Jesus left the earth, there were believers and there were disciples and there were ones that were given to follow him. And they were in the upper room. But they were the ones that God poured his spirit out on. And you know, in this month ahead, this 35 days, and for the rest of this 200 days, I believe that our priority should be the upper room. Being in that place of encounter with God. You know, this is where God will become so real to you. So right now we need to return to the upper room. You know, in the last few weeks we've been meeting via Zoom. We've had, uh, you know, uh, three or four churches across the region actually joining via Zoom and praying in the mornings. And it has been amazing. So even in this time of lockdown, God is really doing something. But in this next few months, I believe that God is going to pour out his spirit. There is going to be a fresh Pentecost, a fresh outpouring that is made available to the church. And do you know what? It says in Acts chapter 39 that this promise is to you, it is to your children, it is to any, uh, you know, all generations and to a many afar off. That is to us. So God's going to do something new. You know, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will not just help you pray in tongues. It's more than that. It is really raising you up to be everything that God has called you to be in this generation. Number three, a new leadership will emerge. I believe God's going to do this in this season. We're going to see some new leaders begin to pop their heads up. And these are like the Davids. They've been in the background, you know, and God's been preparing them there, but now it's their time. You know, there's a shift happening. There is a shift of people's focus. There is a, a leveling out in the nation. Like we're just a little church here in the country. But do you know what I really sense that God is doing is that God is bringing a leveling out. He's creating a level playing field. In the, in the kingdom of God, because there are to be no superstars. Uh, you know, Saul was a superstar, but David, his successor, was one who had a heart after God. And this is what God wants to do. So God is breaking in. So the problem with our nation is that we've got the wrong people in the wrong place. Is that right? So the infrastructure is breaking down and failing. But God is raising his men, he's raising his women because there are strategic men and women that have been prepared in places like this that God is going to raise into leadership. You watch it happen. And, uh, you know, Samuel came down to Jesse's camp 
And he said, there must be another son. And David began to come forward. And David was the one that took Goliath out. And I want to ask you today, where are the Davids? Maybe there are some in these lounge rooms this morning that are hearing this word and something will begin to stir on the inside of you because God is going to cause you to overcome and he's going to pour out his spirit on you in a new way. And I tell you what, you are more than you thought you were. God is not there to belt you down and to make you feel small. Religion does that. But I tell you, when these Samuel leaders begin to rise, you will rise too because they'll call you forth. Samuel, Samuel's response to God started a new prophetic cycle, but it didn't become obvious until the time of national crisis. Amen. The current leadership has not got the answers. You know, when Tony Abbott was here in Sale, I think it was just two years ago, we met with him and he said to, he looked me in the eye and he said, government has not got the answers. He said, you have got the answers. I believe that is a prophetic word to us and it is a prophetic word to the church and it's time people started listening to that. Amen. There is timing in God. So God spoke to, uh, he spoke to Samuel in 1 Samuel 16. He said, how long are you going to mourn over Saul? In other words, how long are you going to complain about the existing leadership? He's saying, go down and anoint the new leadership in Jesse's home because the answer's in there. You know, the answer's the shepherd boy who's looking after the sheep. You know, someone who's just been serving away and has a concern and a heart for their nation. These are the ones that God is going to use. Those ones that have opened their life up to the Spirit of God and really started to tune their voice into God and to what He wants. These are the ones. So God wants to anoint you, and He wants to raise you up so you can take your place of leadership. So what, what's going to happen during this new season? One, the grace of, uh, to overcome. You can do it. Number two, his people will become empowered at Pentecost. God is going to release a greater dimension of his spirit into the church. Number three, a new leadership will emerge and you could be that new leader in your workplace, in your school, in the church here, in the community, even in the political arena. You can do it. You can stand up. You are more than you thought you were. You can do it. And number four, and finally today, Christ is going to become revealed. There is going to be a greater revelation of who Jesus is. Do you know what I believe the biggest problem out there is that people have got a preconceived idea of what we're all about so they can paint a story. But do you know what God's going to do during this time? Christ is going to reveal himself in the house and through the house as a God who loves I'll tell you what God does not hate anybody and neither do we God loves and God is reaching out you know there's only one way you could describe God accurately I believe and that is through a verse in John 3:16 that says for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. That is amazing. 
you know, that God so loved you that he sent his son to be humiliated on the cross to die for you. Now listen, I am talking to you. And I believe this morning that God is talking to you because he is interested in you. And right now I'm just thinking of someone here in Sale, in, this, in our own city, that God is speaking right into your heart and you know that there is something different about this church, there is something different about this people and I believe that your destiny is tied up here. You know, I really, I really believe that. Oh, it's amazing. You know, last Sunday toward the end of the altar call, I spoke about how there was a woman who had a problem with her eyes. Do you remember that? And I got a call during the week and, and this lady said, I believe that I am that person. And she was going to the doctor to have a regular invasive uh, uh, you know, procedure on her eyes. And she said, I believe God spoke to me when you said that. And when she went to the doctors this week, she turned up and the doctor said, this is very strange, but you don't need the procedure. This is amazing. I wanted to speak to that person. I believe there are people in this community and you've been tuning in for a while and I just want you to know that your destiny is here. In this place, connected with the people of God because God is going to raise you up to be like David in this nation. I believe that. There is another person I want to speak to because I've had this thought uh, since about Thursday about a person with a problem with the liver. And I kept asking God, what is the problem with the liver? And it was like the Lord just kept speaking to me and saying, the liver is slow, it's sluggish. You know, I've heard of a thing called a fatty liver, but I don't believe it. it's like that. I believe that your liver is working slower than it should. And right now, in the name of Jesus, I am speaking to that liver and I'm commanding that liver to work and I'm commanding this body to function. And I tell you what, you're going to notice the difference in a couple of days. Your color is going to improve and your energy is going to improve and your sleep is going to improve. And that's what the Lord told me. How did he tell me that? He just began to speak to me. And like Samuel, I said, is that you, Lord? And he began to confirm it to me. I believe that God wants to make himself known to many people that he is their God and he is a good God and there is no other God like him. Do you know where all this starts? For me and my wife, it started when we were on our honeymoon and we went off to Sydney and this is 41 years ago and we were really grieving in our life because we had had a tragedy in my, in my family, the loss of a niece who died in a farming accident. And it seemed to be that during that time we were just crying out, you know, out of our grief to God. And God brought us along to a Billy Graham crusade. And one night we heard the gospel and I heard a message very similar to, to that. And I took my wife's hand and we walked from the back seat of this auditorium where there were literally thousands of people to the front and we received the Lord into our life. I tell you, our life just began to change. And to me, this is the most marvellous, wonderful adventure of God's grace. And this is what God wants to do. For those that have already received the Lord, 
God wants to impart into your life the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him so that the eyes of your understanding would be opened and you would know what is the hope of his calling. And my prayer for you is that that would be released upon you right now. Just receive it in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Father, I just thank you that you are so good and you are so powerful. And Lord God, you're able to change circumstances. You're able to change situations. Lord God, I thank you, Father, there's great chaos in the nation, but you are in control. The best thing you could do is do what I did 41 years ago and just right where you are now, Maybe you're in a lounge room with your family. If you could just stand and pray this prayer with me, I believe God will come into your life just the way he did into my life 41 years ago. Would you like to pray after me? Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you in prayer asking for the forgiveness of my sins. I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is your son and that he died on the cross at Calvary that I might be forgiven and have eternal life in the kingdom of heaven. Father, I believe that Jesus rose from the dead and I ask you right now to come into my life to be my personal Lord and Saviour. I repent of my sin and will worship you all the days of my life because your word is truth. I confess with my mouth that I am born again and cleansed by your blood in Jesus' name. Amen. I just want to thank you for joining us this morning once again. And uh, if you prayed that prayer, I'd like you to uh, visit our website and you can make contact with us there. And regardless of whether you live in Gippsland or overseas or somewhere across the other side of this nation, we can connect you with churches just like this where you really uh, come to grow in your faith and find out who Jesus really is and begin to understand the wonderful plans that he has for you. If you live here in Gippsland, of course, you're more than welcome to come and visit this church or make this church your home. And uh, all I want to say is that we are really living in a most amazing time of God. And God is just waiting for you to come back home to his house. I just thank you for tuning in once again today. God bless.